It's the most instinctual thing in the world. Across all languages, cultures, babies do it, animals do it, everyone does it. I've even watched a video of a rat being tickled doing it. That's a little bit weird. This week's episode of In the Show with Taz and Marcus looks at why we laugh. In the show with Taz and Marcus, in the show with Taz and Marcus, in the show with Taz and Marcus, in the show with Taz and Marcus. Hello, lovely listener, and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized, informative podcast that's aimed to be listened to while you're in the shower, but really, you can listen to it anywhere at all. The whole point of this podcast is we take the mysteries of the world and we shred them open to reveal the delicious answers inside. Have you ever wondered why we never see baby pigeons? Or how Wi-Fi works? Or if there is, in fact, a correct way to wipe your bum. Or how much wood a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could indeed chuck wood. Well, if you have a good news listener, you have come to the right place. Step into the shower as we take those questions that have kept you awake at night and answer them before your very eyes. And on this lovely day, we tackle a new question and a new mystery. This is something that has affected everybody. It's, uh, it's irregardless of culture, age, and even species. Sarah from Oslo asks... Why do we laugh? In the shower with Taz and Marcus, 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 in the shower with Taz and Marcus. So this week's question comes from Sarah Lairgreed from Oslo. As we said last week, we hadn't actually picked an episode for Monday yet because we wanted to keep it open for your questions. This one came in last Friday and it's brilliant. So I jumped on it straight away. It is such a good question. You know what? It's such a natural instinct. And when you think about it, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Like, actually, get, like just force yourself to laugh here. Well, it depends on what variation of a laugh you're looking for. I have quite the cachet. Quite the cachet of laughs. Okay, give me a... Um, a, an angry laugh. Uh, give me a flirtatious laugh. <laughs> That's how I uh, I got Marcus under my spell. Oh. <laughs> you can't see how much she's fluttering her eyelashes here. <laughs> oh, that was a natural laugh. That there. A- <laughs> there you go. Give me a full belly laugh. <laughs> I have to say, you know, you, you've a good. That's the uh, laugh I make when I pretend to laugh at Marcus's jokes. You have a good catalogue of laughs there. My jokes are incredible. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what? Laughing is such a weird thing, though. And when you think about it, it is as natural as crying. Babies laugh so incredibly naturally, like especially when they see Marcus's face. It is actually true. Like babies love my face. I, I, for anyone who hasn't seen us on Instagram or anything like that, I have, a, I have a fairly big red beard at the moment, and kids, especially like young babies, lose. Their minds at it, and but like it's a really soft beard, so whenever they touch it, they just giggle. Yeah, there you go. It's true. <laughs> so go on, tell us more, Taz. Tell us more about laughing. Okay, so all members of the human species understand laughing, and unlike English, our French, or indeed Swahili, we don't actually have to learn to speak it. It's completely natural. We're born with the capacity to laugh. Very little is known about this specific brain mechanisms responsible for laughter, but we do know that laughter is triggered by many sensations and thoughts and that it activates many parts of the body. So something doesn't just happen in our brain that causes us to laugh, right? The laughter needs to be triggered by something and then that causes the laughing. Correct. Laughing actually isn't that dissimilar to breathing. We have incredibly fine muscle control over how we let out breath. This is what allows us to make the intricate noises that we call speech. And laughter is 
pretty much just a form of speech. I suppose so. I mean, we're talking and then it's like, ha, 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 ha. But it's actually really interesting because obviously when we write laughter, it's yeah. ha, ha, ha. But mm-hmm. when we're saying it, it's more like a, Think about it. Like, Do you know how Spanish people write laughter? Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine that's how people laughed. Oh my god, I love this episode of Family Guy. No, but honestly, we make more of a. So it's more just like a straight out air coming out. of Yeah, because like when you're laughing, like like it does sound like a kind of percussive air squeezing, which could very well be the easiest sound to make and that's why it comes so naturally. It, it really does come naturally. Yeah, yeah, it does, it does. So, as I said, it comes naturally to almost every animal's Dogs laugh. Hang on, dogs laugh? Dogs laugh. What? Monkeys laugh. What? Monkeys laugh? This morning, when researching this episode, I saw a video of scientists tickling rats and rats laughing. They were Hang like... <laughs> scientists tickling rats. Scientists tickling rats. Like... Do you realise that like they've probably done a PhD? They've probably <laughs> like literally they're working in a lab as a as a PhD. Like they are as doctor. A like imagine being on a plane and somebody has a heart attack and there's like, is there a doctor on board? And somebody stands up, and goes, yes, I'm a doctor who tickles rats. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine that in like your Tinder bio, James oh. Rat Tickler. That sounds a little bit dirty. It doesn't does it? sound a little bit dirty. But, but anyway, the oh most. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, but the. When all of these animals laugh, be it dogs, rats, monkeys, whatever, all these animals laugh socially. It's always a social thing when they laugh. So what? They always laugh when they're like together. Which also goes for humans. Humans laugh for a number of reasons, but most of the time it has nothing to do with just something being funny. Scientist Robert Proveen studied laughter and found that less than one in five cases of laughs were actually in response to humour. So when a joke is involved, the person telling it is actually far more likely t- to be the one who's laughing. No way, like when I told you those incredible jokes earlier. Yeah, literally, that's exactly <laughs> it. What's more, we're actually more than 30 times more likely to laugh if there is another, if there is other people around. So it's almost like laughter is a form of kind of communication. But what are we trying to say when we laugh? What are we trying to say when we laugh? Yeah. So, yeah, it is It is kind of a form of communication. We do it to show understanding, to show that we like others and feel comfortable, or kind of to defuse awkward situations, like the awkward situation when you tell me really bad jokes, I laugh to just try to end the situation. But what's more, laughter is actually contagious. So just like yawning or a cold source. Or a cold source, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So to prove that laughter is contagious, there's this study that goes back to the 1960s and it's pretty brilliant. Are you ready right, for it? Right, go on. Okay, so there's a, an experiment, not even an experiment, but a phenomenon that dates back to the 1960s that proves that laughing is in fact contagious and it's pretty brilliant. Are you ready okay, for it? Okay, go for it. Okay, so on the 30th of January 1962, three schoolgirls started giggling in a boarding school classroom on the northeastern corner of what is now Tanzania. And this kind of touched off a very strange epidemic. The three could not stop laughing and soon the uncontrollable cackles spread to their classmates. Can you please give us the uncontrollable cackles? (laughs) So the laughing attacks lasted from a few minutes up to a few hours and one poor girl reportedly experienced symptoms for 16 days straight. 16 straight days of laughter. 16 straight days Sounds of like laughter. Sounds like that time we went on holidays for 16 days. Am I right? High five to yourself, Marcus, because you are funny. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyway, when 95 of the school's 159 pupils had come down, what came to be known as Omunipo. 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 Which is the Swahili word for a laughing disease. The school shut down. So, so 95 of its 159 pupils was diagnosed with this omunipo, which is a laughing disease, and the school came to a halt. Isn't that like... I feel like if I had thought of that when I was in school, I would have tried to get all my classmates in and like, guys, just laugh uncontrollably for three days and we're going to get the school shut down. Is there not a Monty Python sketch that's like that? It's like the funniest joke in the world, but they can only whisper it to each other and then just like it's hundreds and thousands of people laughing at the same time they can't stop. It actually very well could have been based off this. Yeah. Anyway, the students returned to their villages when their school was closed and they took the omunipo with them and the affliction spread from person to person, school to school, village to village and it just spread like wildfire. This omunipo laughing disease. So can you imagine a whole village laughing? Like genuinely, like just everybody, like you go into a shop to get a pint of milk, they're having a laugh. You go to the well to get some water, they're having a laugh. You go back to your hut, they're having a laugh. It, it could be good for about 15 minutes. Yeah, I'd say you'd get real sick of it real soon. Imagine how much you'd, you'd be in pain. Because like, even sometimes when I really laugh, belly hard laugh at something, I will get like a little stitch or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it, it did become a huge pain. The Central African Journal of Medicine reported, the education of the children is being seriously interfered with and there is considerable fear amongst the village communities. This is that the laughing Omunipo was spreading. They could find no explanation for the matter and when the epidemic finally died down months later, roughly a thousand people had been struck by the laughing disease. It ended just as quickly as it began. And the only solution that they came up with was one, how laughing is more to do with being together and two, that laughing is contagious. I suppose, you know, laughing is all about being together and it is it is contagious. Do you remember those days where like you would just laugh uncontrollably with your mates like when you were a kid? You probably had Omunipo un- and you didn't even know about it. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, I used to do comedy shows for children and my highest ever, uh, like I'd say this was like the peak of my comedy career. This is fully serious. I did stand up for about 10 years was making uh, making a kid laugh so hard that they pooped their pants. What? Yeah, and what, just, you, what was your joke? Obviously none of the ones you told at the start of this episode. No, it just had to do with poop. <laughs> I was like, yeah, listen, it's a story for another day. <laughs> but that's that's Omunipo and the laughing disease. There you go. So there you go. So, so, so we sort of know the effects of laughing today and what makes us laugh. But if we do anything on In The Share with Taz and Marcus, we get to the bottom of why. Why? Just like with itching or sneezing or yawning, there must be an evolutionary reason why we laugh, yeah? Okay, evolutionary theory is rife with possible explanations, but one of the most compelling was put forth in 2005 quarterly review of biology article by an undergrad named Matthew Jervis and his advisor, evolutionary biologist David Sloan Wilson. Uh, so what did old Matty and Davy come up with? So the study is based on the efforts of a quirky 19th century French physician named Guillaume Duchesne. Guillaume Duchesne. I like how I just sub in. Whenever there's a French word, I'm like, <laughs> Guillaume Duchesne. Oui, oui. So, uh, yeah, a quirky 19th century French physician named Guillaume Duchesne who went around zapping people's faces with electrons. That's a bit, that's a bit mad, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit of a bit of an evil scientist move. <laughs> but luckily for Duchenne, he worked at an old women's hospice. So he had access to loads of prone bodies. He must have... He must have been quite the charmer because according to articles on Duchenne, all the ladies wanted to be electrocuted by, and I quote, 
Little old man with his mischief box. What? Like that little old man with his mischief box? Women in his hospice wanted to be electrocuted by the little old man with his mischief box. Like they actually wrote that? Oh my God. Genuinely. So applying the prongs of his box to people's faces, Duchenne evoked one kind of smiling, the voluntary kind, the kind of expression we produce when we grin to be polite. You know, like, oh, lovely yeah, to yeah. see you. The mannerism he discovered involves the face's zygomatic major muscles raising the corners of the mouth. But Duchenne discovered that there was actually a second variety of smiling and laughing, one that occurs when we find something truly entertaining or funny. This expression was more complex. Utilising both the zygomatic major muscles and the orbicularis oculi muscles that form crow's feet around your eyes. You know those crow's feet? Really? Okay, so basically like, so there's one time, there's kind of the smile you put on and then there's a genuine smile which engages muscles like in the upper part of your face. So that's why people say a real smile is in the eyes. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly it. So Duchenne was actually never able to reproduce with his electrodes the second form of expression. The one that they find something... The, ro- the one that the subject finds something really, really interesting. And it's now known as the Duchenne smile or the Duchenne laughter. And he came to believe it was only put at play by the sweet emotion of the soul. Ah, that old man with his mystery box. <laughs> his mischief box. Jeez. So Duchenne could get his subjects to the corner of the mouth polite smile, but not like the full smiling eyes, belly smile which suggests that you can't really force that. Exactly. And more than a century later, Gervais and Wilson, who, who carried out the study on Duchenne, saw that Duchenne's discovery was evidence that laughter evolved at two different points in human development. First, they posited at a point sometime between 2 million and 4 million years ago came Duchenne laughter, the kind triggered by something funny, an outgrowth of the breathy panty emitted by primates during, you know, play fighting. Yeah. It's likely appeared before the emergence of language. Really? Yeah, so okay. this, this sort of laughter was a signal that things were okay, that danger was low and the basic needs were met. And now was as good a time as any to explore, to play or to socialise. So that's the Duchenne full body laugh. And what was the other kind? Sometime in the hundreds of thousands of years after that, according to Gervais and Wilson, the other sort of laughter emerged, the non-Duchenne sort, the kind that isn't dependent on something being necessarily funny. As people develop cognitively and behaviourally, they learn to mimic the spontaneous behaviour of laughter to take advantage of its effect. Okay, right. They couldn't get it right, they couldn't stimulate the eye movements of real laughter and smiling, but it was very, very close. Mimic laughter was a way to manipulate others, sometimes for mutually beneficial purposes and sometimes for more devious reasons. As Gervais and Wilson put in their paper, non-Duchenne laughter came to occur in aggressive, nervous or hierarchical contexts, functioning to signal, to appease, to manipulate, to deride or to subverse. Wow. That is that is far more, there's more to a laugh than a laugh then, isn't it? Yeah, so... What originally started out as a laugh evolved to a fake laugh so that people could use it as a manipulation tool. That really shows that laughter isn't just a response to humour. It's like this primal human form of communication. Exactly. It's a, it's a primal human tool, one of the building blocks of society. It taps into the core of what we are as social creatures, expressing from one person to another what often cannot be said in any other way. Either that everything is good fun or, in the case of the Omunepo, that something is very, very wrong. So, sort of like on the episode on Why Do We Cry, some scientists speculated it was to convey to others that something was wrong. Laughter is the opposite, to convey that something 
is good and that you know everything's taken care of and the basic needs are sorted so they can focus on on kind of the luxuries of life like socializing and comfort and playing that is exactly it. and the most obvious example of that is when you look at a baby if a baby cries they can't tell you listen i've shit my pants but if they cry you know that something is up if they're laughing they can't say I'm so happy and this is brilliant. I'm really comfortable. But they're conveying that through laughter. So it's like the earliest form of communication without speech. It's literally a thumbs up or a thumbs down conveyed in breathy pulsations of air. That is that is the explanation that should be in the Oxford English Dictionary, I think. There you go. Well, there you have it. Any facts to explain the episode? So, Marcus, you're just back from the gym. But good news, you may be able to stop going if you stay in my in my company for long enough. Do you want to know why? 15 minutes of solid full body laughing burns 40 calories for 15 minutes. Now, now that's think why, of that's, how much that's time what, you that's spend why, with That's me. why I'm still fat. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, Taz. <laughs> yeah, my love handles are a tribute to how bad your jokes are. Okay, well, on the same buzz as that, some studies have reported that laughing for at least 15 minutes a day can add around two days to your overall lifespan. I'm going to die really soon. <laughs> <laughs> One more. Okay, go on. (laughs) In groups, women laugh more than men. That one's not too particularly surprising. Yeah. But what is a little bit surprising, women laugh more at men than men laugh at women. Ha ha ha, Marcus. Ha ha ha. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What can we do to end it? Go that line again. So in groups, women laugh more than men, which isn't too surprising. But mm-hmm. what is even better is that women laugh more at men than men laugh at women. Do you know what? You can get concerned about like men being funny or women being funny. I'm sitting over here just fascinated that it's someone's job to tickle rats. In the shower with Marcus. 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 Well, ha ha ha, there you have it. The reasons that we laugh. Yeah, there you, it's actually really interesting. Everything's okay. Just having a laugh. Guys, thank you so much for dedicating your ears to us for the last 15 or so minutes. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did in fact enjoy that episode, then good news, there are over 50 episodes for you to binge listen to. You can get them on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And remember to subscribe and review and tell all of your friends. Podcasts spread through word of mouth, so if you've enjoyed this episode, please do recommend it to your friends, to your family. To your granny. To your rats. To your rats. (laughs) Yeah, they might laugh. If you want to get in touch with us, it couldn't be easier. On Facebook, just search for In The Shower with Taz and Marcus. Or if you're an Instagram or Twitter kind of person, just look up at In The Shower Pod. If you want to drop us an email, you can get us at InTheShowerPodcast at gmail.com. Every little person who sends us a message or a picture of their dog or just a nice thing, anything, will send you a little reply back. You listeners are invisible to us, so when you get in contact and just say hello or that you enjoy what we're doing, it really, really does brighten up our day. So as Marcus said, if you get in touch with us, we will send you back a personalised video. As always, we're looking for question submissions for the next little while. If there is any questions that you would like us to answer, then please send them on. No question is too big or too small. A couple of thank yous to end the episode. Thank you so much to Alan and Paddy and all the crew in the Headstuff studio. We love you. Thank you so much to our incredibly talented friend, Florence Robinson, for designing our cover art. Next up, thank you so much, Dave Gertzman. Dave did our jingle, and if you want to check him out on Instagram, it's at Dave's Recordorama. Next week, we're going to be back with another brilliant question. Next week's question comes from Shane McKeown in Ballydehob in West Cork. 
What does Shane want to know, Marcus? Are superpowers real? That episode is going to be out next Monday in time for your morning shower. But in the meantime, keep scrubbing. In the shower with Taz and Marcus. 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 This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.